Hello and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Hope all of you are doing well. It's kind of a little cool day here, overcast in a little, not our normal, nice weather. <laughs> it's starting to look like fall, and this morning when I went out, it felt a little wintry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I don't know, hopefully wherever you guys are at, you have sunshine and a beautiful day. Yeah. Last week, we were very fortunate that we had uh, Tammy on uh, to talk about CBD and just the benefits of using it. So we thought, what can we do? Because we wanted to kind of keep on that theme, but more look at some of the more holistic things that people can do. Once again, not to say anything against pharmaceuticals, but I think it can be a partnership. And like, and sometimes I just get people in my office who just absolutely don't want to do a medication I'm not one to push that. So one of the things that I use that's a little more holistic, it's not a medication, is called an alpha stim. And what it does is it just attaches to your earlobes and we sent a small current through it. It has been such a godsend to a lot of my clients who have anxiety, depression, PTSD, and insomnia. But what's really cool about it is it just slows the brain down. You know, when we're talking about being healthy, our stress levels really contribute to our health, not just our mental health, but we're really talking about our physical health as well. And, you know, like a lot of people don't understand that, you know, we talk about serotonin and, you know, if anybody out there has been on a, an antidepressant, it's that's, we're looking at the serotonin levels. And so one of the best ways that I've ever been able to describe this to people, because this is important because this is going to go into gut health, is that it's hard for people, you know, a neurotransmitter fires. Okay. And when it fires, it sends a message, but sometimes people can't picture a misfire. But what I'll do is I'll draw on a piece of paper and I'll just draw a little thing that has, uh, looks like a, and I'll tell them that they're just swimming pools lined up next to each other. But one swimming pool has the water filled to the top. So you jump in, you can swim right across to the next one. Well, the other one is it's only halfway full. So now you got to jump down lower. You got to swim across, but then you have to climb up. You have to climb up instead of swim straight across. So that's a good way of looking at it is that there's a misfire that you, you have to do more work to get where you're going. There's okay. gaps. Yes. So with serotonin, what a lot of people don't know is a majority of our serotonin is actually made in our gut. It's not in our head, even though mental health wise, we're treating the serotonin in the head. Okay. But that serotonin is what helps keeps our mood balanced and stuff like that. So when we look at even our mood and stuff, sometimes people say, you know, I don't feel good. My mood's not elevated. My energy. And I'll sit there with them. I'll say, what is it you're eating? What are you ingesting? And they're looking at me like, uh, I thought you were a therapist, not a nutritionist. <laughs> but that's a huge factor. And it all plays in together. I think that you have to take into consideration for one thing, when you're stressed out, a lot of times your eating habits aren't what they should be. You're trying to cope, but it's creating a problem on the backside. And I think that was such a great little thing there that you said. And the reason why is because oftentimes when people's mood is dysregulated, what they do is they eat what's called comfort food, which is usually food that is high in salt or high in sugar, which both of those have an adverse effect, believe it or not, just on our body, but on our mood. I think so much of the time we're just busy thinking about what we like or what we don't like as far as taste. We're only thinking about our taste buds, but we're not really looking at there's 
literally, I think, like a chemical impact with the things that you're putting in your body and how it affects your mood and your levels of on all in all aspects. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's what's really interesting is that we're not mindful. And you know, often we talk about mindfulness, we talk about meditation. And the reason we do is because slowing all that down then gives us the ability to have an awareness of what's going on internally and outside of us. Why are we making the decisions that we're making? How can I change that? But if I'm all muddled in my head, nothing's going to make sense. I think that we don't pay attention. We don't realize how much we do on autopilot. I mean, they'll tell you, even like when people say about going through the different bariatric surgeries and things like that that you do, a lot of times what they'll do is have you journal what it is that you eat in a day. And I don't know how many people will sit down and think, what did I eat today? And not have a clue, really. You know, they can't recall everything that they ate. So, I mean, I can understand why they have you do something like that because it makes you slow down and actually pay attention to what you're putting in your body. I think it, you know, that triggered a uh, thing with me. If you don't know, we watch the Golden Girls. It's the one where Sophia gets sick and, and, and she thinks she's having a heart attack. And, you know, the doctor comes, well, what did you eat today? Oh, I ate not very much. And then they all start talking about, oh, you ate a little of this, you ate a little of this, a little fettuccine, a little this, a little ham, oh, the milk duds. Or, and then the doctors are like, oh my God, I'm surprised. <laughs> like, I'm surprised you're still here. <laughs> because once again, it's that mindless stuff that we do. We'll take a handful here, we'll take a handful here. And now, you know, you think, oh, well, I didn't eat much. But, you know, then you write it all out and you just ate three pounds of food. <laughs> That's why they tell you don't take the bag of chips to the couch and watch TV because you're putting in more than you realize. <laughs> exactly. That's why there are certain things you don't do when you're eating because it becomes that mindless eating. Yeah. Okay. And not to say, you know, if it's Friday night and you're watching a movie and popcorn or whatever, that's that's not what this is about. It's, it's about having more of an awareness. Is I, I think the thing is, is, you know, hopefully on this podcast, it's just giving, it's just helping people to have an awareness to things and to understand that there are alternatives and if you're not conventional or Western medicine, if you want to do more of the Eastern medicine or that, then, you know, whatever's going to work for you to help you be the most healthy version of you. But in order to be the most healthy version of you, you have to be able to step outside of yourself, kind of to look at yourself and say, where is it that I'm struggling? Or what is it that would make me more healthy and stuff? Okay. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is kind of that thing of how do we get the gut healthy? Because once again, that's where our serotonin is. But not just that, we have such a high level of leaky gut going on in the United States. I don't know about around the world, maybe it is. But and one of the things I'm talking about today is I kind of switch some of my therapy. So when I'm doing my trainings now, I'm really doing it more on that kind of more holistic thing of around foods that we eat what is beneficial to us, what are some of the things that we can eat or do that's going to help our mental health, not just our mental health, but also our physical health. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I tell people when you come into my office, you're not one dimensional. Right. <laughs> so when you come into my office, I'm looking at your physical health as well, your physical health and your mental health. That's a partnership. 
And it has to be a healthy partnership because oftentimes if I'm not mentally healthy, then I'm ingesting foods or things into me that is also making me physically not healthy and vice versa. So, you know, sometimes we don't realize the stuff we're ingesting is impacting our mental health. So really looking at that partnership and how do we make it a healthy one? Right. Because I'm telling you right now, we have a lot of unhealthy relationships between what we're ingesting and what's going on in our head and how we're using those things. It's no different than somebody using a substance because they're treating a mental health issue. Oftentimes people are using food to treat a mental health issue. And we just get so stressed. Sometimes we get so stressed we're not eating, which is detrimental to us. Or we're so stressed, we're eating all the time. And we're eating, like I said, those unhealthy foods that we call more of our comfort foods in order to help us feel better. So that's kind of what we're talking about today. And we're putting a lot of emphasis on holistic. Not that, like you say, there is a place for Western medicine. And for sure, absolutely, there are people that already have developed conditions that they have to have those medications. And we completely understand that. And I, I feel like that... You can do the research and find where holistic things can come in and help you. I think that's great. There are many reasons to look into holistic. Maybe there's not as many side effects. Maybe it's affordable. It's it's more affordable. Exactly. So, But I also think even along those lines, there can be a healthy partnership between a pharmaceutical and a holistic. Right. Do you see what I mean? It's not all or nothing. Sometimes you can combine those things. You know, maybe once again, don't ever do these things on your own. I, I don't recommend that. Talk with your doctors, talk with the nutritionist, talk with those people, okay? Talk with your mental health professional if they have some of the background in more of the foods that we eat and stuff like that. Once again, it just happens to be something that I thought about four years ago. You know, this sounds pretty interesting. I think I'm going to do it. So for the last four years, my trainings for my continuing in ed have been around this area and mindfulness. It's more of those things that we can do. Meditation. How does meditation help us calm the mind? But it doesn't just calm the mind. It also works with the body because meditation will help lower blood pressure. Meditation, when it calms it, it's reducing the stress levels. Stress, once again, will play. It rears its ugly head in our physical when we least expect it. Yoga is a really Yoga is really good because it, it's working the heart too. And people say, how is yoga working the heart? Y'all ain't done the right yoga. <laughs> you know, Some of those poses are, yeah. But the thing is, is that yoga also helps with that. And it was really interesting because years ago, somebody was talking to me and they said their the husband had started doing yoga because the wife was doing it. <sighs> yoga. And then he started doing it and he really liked it. Well, He goes into the doctor and he has a heart condition. It turns out he has like a mild heart attack. Well, the doctor said, well, this is pretty mild because they had had a little bit of heart issues anyway. And so the wife, you know, do yoga, do yoga, you know, that kind of thing. And he's like, yeah, whatever. But what it was is the doctor said that it it told him that he thinks the yoga was what really helped with that too. Mm -hmm. And so that was like this person telling me the story of that was a firsthand account of somebody. So that was kind of cool. We're talking about the whole entire person. We're not talking about like one part is separate from the other part because we're all one being. So that's kind of a cool thing. And, you know, one of the things that's kind of cool is that we do a lot of this. So some of the stuff we talk about is stuff that we actually do. I use uh, natural honey grown, you know, local honeys to help with my allergies. And it actually, I've shown improvement with it. 
I use acupuncture, which is also a, an alternative to the conventional stuff. I started doing acupuncture for my allergies. And when I was, and the more consistent I was, my allergies improved tremendously. And I was no longer having to do my Zyrtec at night and stuff like that. So those are things too. So acupuncture is another big thing that really helps keeping us well balanced, I guess is the word or whatever you want to use. But that's what we're talking about. When we're talking about that, we're not just talking about foods and stuff like that, but we're talking, there's so many holistic stuff, getting massages. Yeah. And nutrition does play a huge piece of it. I feel like, cause I've been doing the acupuncture too, just to elevate mood and energy. And I really feel like that it does help. We took some time off from it and I felt like once we had gone back to it and started doing it consistently again, I had better result. All of those things, because even when you're doing the acupuncture, you have that time where they, while you're there, you're just doing this rest thing. If you can, anything that you can do like with that, with meditation or any of that, where that you're calming your mind and, and slowing it down and you're not concentrating on all of the things of the day. And there are different types of meditation. We've talked about that. We talk about meditation a lot. But it just has such great benefits. And it's interesting because it even says like, because we do a guided one where that they talk about if you do this practice or something similar, at least 10 minutes a day. I mean, that's not a lot of time. You will start to see positive effects in your life. And you do because somehow it slows down the mind so that you're able to concentrate better you're able to be more mindful of what's going in your mouth when you're eating and just things like that. So it it really does help set the pace for, I feel like, a more balanced life. It's interesting because part of some of my uh, clients, their treatment plan is that they do meditation and they all come back to me and say, "How? why is that working? Well, one thing is meditation is kind of slowing everything down, like you said, so basically, if you're picturing a whole bunch of neurotransmitters firing, then it goes to pss, pss. <laughs> it's more, it's not that slow, but there's such a smaller amount that's happening that it calms everything down. And so therefore, like you said, you can now work on things as they come up. There's more of an awareness to things that you're able to do. And so my clients that I have doing it, they've all said, it makes such a huge difference, especially minds, the ones that are angry. They're not as angry because they don't even know what they're angry about because it's such an instantaneous thing. But that meditation then slows it down. And, you know, I always tell people, you know, whenever you're angry or whatever that mood is that's elevated, what we would call a negative mood that's elevated. If you realize that there, it just happens that fast. Well, yes, that fast out here, but it's not that fast in our brain. And I told one of my clients, I said, there's like this nanosecond in the brain before you speak. Well, that's not, I said, but in your brain it is. And he came back to me and goes, oh my gosh. He goes, you're right. He goes in that nanosecond. He goes, if you're aware of it, he said, I'm able to say something different. So it's helped tremendously with his anger. Mm-hmm. Tremendously. Well, I don't think that people even realize it's like how much anxiety they're carrying around with them all the time. And I think that, so something will happen and, you know, it triggers them to go to that angry place and it happens so quickly, but it's because I think that we're staying in that, that level of agitation all the time. 
It can be anything. There could be traffic. It's ro- it turns into road rage and all of that. And it's because all this has built up to get to that point, I think. So slowing everything down really is important. And it stays the more you practice it. And y'all, I'm going to tell you right now, Christy is one of the most chill people. But road rage used to be her thing. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people that who know her that they're like, Christy? And you know, you know how I justified, I always would think it's not that I want to injure the person. I just get so angry. I want to go beat their car to pieces. (laughs) So I felt like that was somehow a positive that I did. It wasn't that I wanted to take it out on the person. I wanted to beat their car to pieces. (laughs) See how we justify things, people? (laughs) Yeah. So y'all, that was the old Christy. Yes. And I didn't realize that what I was, you know, it didn't matter that I didn't want to beat the person up. (laughs) I just was feeling that anger, that upset in myself and keeping, you know, that agitation with you. It does. It kind of like leaves a stain and stays with you as you go for a little while, you know, and it so it's a a strong negative impact. I remember, I believe it was Richard Gere was watching an interview with him. He says, I wish you a good life. And so I would tell her, you know, if they do that and I would say, oh, you stupid person. And I would say, stop. I'd say, no, I wish you a good life. And part of me was just there like, I really don't. But but, you know, the more you do it, even like that. There's, you know, whatever those words are, you know, because we use words of affirmation and things like that. Uh, we talk constantly about gratitude and how that changes that and it helps you. Gratitude will motivate you. Mm-hmm. That's one of those instances where when you start out, you're kind of faking it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually the words start to mean something. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, it starts somewhere. Baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> But, you know, it's funny because, you know, as we talk about the, you know, we've been on this journey and, you know, and once again, the stuff that we're talking about with you guys is not stuff that we don't practice. We've switched so much of our food. I mean, yours was chocolate. Now you do dark chocolate and not even that much. We don't do soda. It's very rare. And if we do a soda, it's ginger ale, just things like that. We don't have uh, desserts in our home, except our neighbor did make some delicious Pumpkin bread and banana bread. So we were obligated to have a piece and it was delicious. But that's not something that we normally do. So these are things that we're doing because we realized the sugars were impacting us. You know, sugars cause that inflammation. It messes with mood. It does all of those kind of things. People don't realize how addictive sugar is. And that's the, I think, one of the main things with the soda. There are so many people that are so addicted to soda. They just won't give that up. And I think it's because of the sugar content. You know, when you talk about the gastric sleeve, when I talk about my clients and who about the gastric sleeve, that's their number one thing, giving up the soda. Yeah. That is such a hard thing for them. Yeah. And sugars. So it's soda and candy. I think those it, go hand in hand. Yes, <laughs> it, it really does. And so it's it's one of those difficult things. But sugar's like a drug, people, whether you whether we want to admit it or not. At mm-hmm. some point we're all junkies <laughs> when it comes to sugar. Yeah. Because we just you know, it's one of those things that we're marketing and we're doing all of this kind of stuff with it, but and it's in everything, a lot of things, I should say, not everything, but it's in a lot of things and it is having an impact on our bodies and on our mind. And once you start to make the changes, you can pay attention to your body in a different way and realize like when you actually cut those ties and you're off of something for a while, if you go back and try that again, you will feel 
the impact on your body. And it will be noticeable because you've been off of it for that amount of time. Exactly. So like we don't eat at fast food. It's a very rarity that we do that. And we don't do the soda even if we do. But we wanted to, it was a long time ago, we wanted the Coke from uh, (laughs) McDonald's. And then we both got, nope. (laughs) That didn't work out quite the way we wanted it to. But once again, you know, it's it's kind of you live and you learn and, and you kind of see these things and what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And remember, this isn't one glove fits all. Definitely not. It's it's each pe- each person has to tweak it to their body chemistry and stuff like that. But you you become more aware of what your body is doing. And then you'll realize, you know, there are impacts that are happening on the backside when you take in some of these foods that you're not even realizing that it's doing that. Maybe you get up and you're feeling sluggish one day or whatever. You're stiff and that, and you do not realize it's what you're putting in. A lot of the time you'll find after you've been off something, then you can spot it. You know, when you go back to something like that and you're like, oh man, maybe this is what was creating this. It is. And you know, People will get, you know, if as soon as we say I have to give something up, our brain goes into, oh, no, you're not going to make me. And I always tell people, don't say that. Say I'm going to replace it with something because there's a an emotional buy-in or tie-in to whatever that is. Right. And we don't, we, you, you don't even realize that it just happens. I, I feel like, you know, that you don't understand why you're you're doing it, but it can a lot of times be like a coping thing or something like that. That's the reason you're consuming that. You know, one of the things is, is when I have women who come to me and they're going through menopause and and they're having all the symptoms, but a lot of them don't want to do the estrogen stuff and all that, you know, one thing is I'll tell, you know, talk with your doctors about black cohosh. And my, one of my clients goes, what on earth is that? I said, just talk to your doctor about it. And she did. And, you know, her doctor was there. Well, yeah, you know, black cohosh does have. Sometimes your doctors will know these things. And I always say, have the conversation with them. You know, and sometimes we have gotten really beneficial information from just even contacting a pharmacist. Mm -hmm. Because they're, you know, they're very knowledgeable about the medications. A lot of times, you know, the doctor's they've been informed that these medications treat certain things, but a lot of times your pharmacist will have even more in-depth information about medications and that. So, and I mean, maybe not all holistic stuff. They may not know, you know, about roots and things like that, that can help, but they may be able to give you some insight. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt to ask. Right. And so, you know, I think that's kind of a, an important thing. And, you know, it's it, and once again, it's about taking care of our gut, taking care of our mind, taking care of our body and, and who we are overall as human beings, you know, and there's just so much information out there and having, and at least starting the conversation. And once you have that dialogue, you know, talking to other people, doing some research on your own, finding those things that work for you. We're big blueberry, you know, we eat a lot of blueberries, you know, blueberries are so good for like high blood pressure, things like that. They're one of those super foods. They have antioxidants and all that, you know, like in, for you, fruit is not your, it's, it's, you, you, you've learned. <laughs> I've had to learn to acquire a taste for fruit. There's, you know, not very many that I grew up eating and it was never sweet enough for me because I was used to candy and things like that. So I, fruit just didn't cut it for me. It didn't seem sweet enough, but that is another thing too, is that 
I have realized over time that your taste buds will, they'll change. And there are some things that, you know, people can recognize, oh, I didn't like that when I was a kid, but I love it now. It does happen and you can kind of acquire a taste for things. Sometimes you just have to continue to, to try it here and there and you can acquire a taste for it. And something that you mentioned earlier about replacing things with other things, it's not just about taking away. That's a, something that a lot of people don't realize too. And we just had a conversation with our friend Kathy who was saying, you know, her husband does a lot of cooking and uses all these different spices and people, because they don't grow up with it, they don't know what these spices are used for or that, but you can research that kind of thing. And you can find that you can make foods be really delicious through these different spices. And maybe it's not, you know, having the the negative impact that maybe high salt or those kind of things would. Well, and particularly because she's vegan. So he really pairs everything because it's about making it taste authentic and stuff, which is, and he's learning to do that and mix those things so that when you're eating it, it he's amazing with his, <laughs> Yeah, we've had his baked goods. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing that he does that. And that's really cool because, and we've tried some of the stuff that he's made and it's, you know, delicious. I know that for me, that would be a struggle because I'm not a cook. I do not, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't enjoy that the same way, <laughs> but I do enjoy it when it's made. <laughs> so yes, we do enjoy Andrew's baking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we actually had food there too that he had made. So he had some vegan stuff. So yeah. And, he, and apparently he really likes it. And that's really cool because then she gets to reap the benefits of it. And, and when we were working together for the holidays, so do we. So we're always happy about that. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things. So I just have a book. It's called Medicinal Plants. It's uh, the ones at home. So just a little bit of information on it. So ginger for dizziness. Ginger is really good anyway, because, you know, a lot of people eat ginger when it comes to Digestive digestion, issues. you know, that's such a huge thing. Of course, you have lemon smell in uh, your Lysols and all that because it's a natural disinfectant as well. And, you know, people use lemon also, they'll drink lemon waters and stuff like that because it's also helps with that weight loss kind of thing. Use it in sore throats. You know, this is other people. I don't do lemon because I'm allergic to lemon. So I don't do lemon. So there's a lot of stuff that has lemon properties that I don't get to do. So I have to find alternatives to those. Yeah. I, I remember a while back I had had like a stomach issue going on. And I remember this lady that I had met, she suggested that I take lemon tea and chamomile tea and mix that together and drink that. And, you know, it really settled my stomach. I was really surprised, but there are things like that that you can do. I thought this was interesting. Siberian ginseng is the best remedy to avoid confusion after a long flight because, you know, you get that jet lag. So that's kind of a good thing. Of course, St. John's wort, you know, people use for memory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you have to remember to take it. <laughs> and ginkgo is ginkgo, another one. Yep. Alfalfa for bones. Garlic. Now, people don't know that garlic is such an amazing thing to add to your foods and stuff because it's about your arteries. We all want good arteries. Why? Because arteries are important to our heart. Yeah. So it's really, it's the cardiovascular part of us that garlic is uh, working on. 
Uh, and yes, there are great benefits to it. I feel bad for our friend who's allergic to it, but like you are allergic with the lemon, so you just kind of have to find what works for you. But it's also an antioxidant, antiseptic. So it's got a lot of stuff to boost the, it's going to boost your immune, your defense, your defenses. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. And it's also used, believe it or not, in um, colds. Hmm, yeah. Ash for our, our osteoarthritis. And then there's stuff for when you get older, the different things you do for that. You know, for women, soy is really a big thing. I can't do soy either. So, you know, that kind of takes a whole chunk out for me. Then you just find other things that are just as effective for those things. Mm -hmm. uh, primrose for PMS. You know, we talked a little bit about black cohosh for menopause. Yeah. So, uh, and that has something to do with like the estrogen levels, right? With the yes. Uh, so soy is kind of like a natural estrogen almost. It, so it's a little bit different, but yeah, it's it's really a good thing. Uh, sweet almond oil for stretch marks. So there's just all of these different things, you know. And that's all pregnancy stuff. Chamomile for the colic, so that might explain why it was kind of helpful for you with your stomach. Yeah. Hops for sleep. Whorehound is. <laughs> I'm just this story. My mom was having a really rough time. Uh, she had a cold and she just didn't feel good and her cough was bad. So I knew about whorehound. And so we made her whorehound tea. <laughs> I want you to know, just so you know, it is horrible. If anybody comes to me and say whorehound tea is good, I'm going to say there's something wrong there. It is horrible. Well, my mom drinks <laughs> some of it. And I think she looked at me and says, are you sure you're not trying to kill me? <laughs> But then we found her whorehound candy, and uh, that really worked. That that works as well. So you know, not that that tasted much better, I don't think. But you know, yeah. So there's just so many olive oil for high blood pressure. You know, we have a lot of high blood pressure in the United States, but a lot of that is due because we have such a high stress level. So decreasing the stress level is going to help stuff like blood pressure and the heart stuff and. It's just tremendous, the thing that, but olive, olives, olive oil is really important. Rosemary, you know, is one that helps with uh, hair, you know, so it's a really good thing to help with that. It also, you have to kind of be careful with uh, rosemary, though, because it can raise blood pressure, too. So if somebody has low blood pressure, it's going to raise, and somebody with high blood pressure, so you don't want to do that. But it's used on the scalp, and it helps with, um, like I said. Uh, like hair loss? Hair loss, yes. So... Going off of that premise as well, there's a lot of essential oils that can kind of help promote those things too. A lot of people have heard the benefits of lavender being um, for relaxation. And as you mentioned, decreasing the stress level is one of the main goals, I feel like, in helping with so many physical ailments. Eucalyptus is another one. A lot of people just even like the smell they say about it being cool and calming but it also helps with asthma and respiratory problems they have found one of the things that we do is we have a, a sylvia who does our essential oils gave us a gift and it's a little it looks like a pumice but it's in a bowl and then you drop the essential oils in that so you can smell well we have one in our shower so we use the eucalyptus oil when we shower and for me because of my allergies i find that it it really helps it kind of loosens stuff up and it just you just breathe better. Yeah. Tea tree, it's, they say it's a good anti antiseptic, good for skin infections and cleansing. Rosemary, 
I think you had mentioned that, but it's all, it's good for pain, mm-hmm. uh, pain relief, digestion. And as you mentioned, helps the hair follicle. And then also lemon, it aids with respiratory uh, circulation and it's invigorating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people will drink that in their water. I know they say that's really good for you. I'm not a big fan of lemon myself, but just doing the research on that and finding the essential, at least with the essential oils, I, I feel like you're you're not going to get a lot of bad side effects. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work for you, but yeah, it's worth a try. And once again, you're going to tweak it to your own stuff. So that's what's kind of cool about that whole process is it's about what you want to do with it. Real quickly, another book called Good Gut, Great Health, The Full Guide to Optimizing Your Energy and Vitality by Vicki Edson and Adam Palmer. And this one is just about the thing of spices. Cinnamon is really big because it regulates blood sugar levels because it enhances the insulin. It also is a potent anti-inflammatory, which is really important for blood pressure and stuff like that because you want to keep inflammation down, but it's going to help with joint pain, irritable bowel syndrome, skin problems. It's really a huge one. Chili powder is another one that can help with uh, weight loss by boosting your metabolism. It releases endorphins to enhance your mood. So we use a lot of cayenne. So cayenne is a big one in our home, but it also has a thing for thinning blood and improving cholesterol levels. It's an antifungal, antibacterial. It's loaded with antioxidants, cloves, antioxidants, vitamin A, uh, beta carotene, omega-3s, coriander seeds is vitamin A and C. It's another antioxidant. Fennel seed reduces menstrual cramps and helps regulate hormones. And trust me, for some people, that's important. (laughs) You want those regulated hormones. Yeah. (laughs) And it contains flavonoids, which are antioxidants, which removes harmful free radicals from the body. Okay. Those uh, harmful free radicals in the body are not good for us. Of course, we talked a little bit about gender Oh, juniper. We're going to skip for that. I don't do gender juniper either. <laughs> You're allergic to a few things. <laughs> Mustard seeds, anti-inflammatory, good for asthma, colds, arthritis, muscle pain. So and it contains immune boosting for us. Nutmeg is great for mood boosting. And it smells good. It's also rich in B-complex vitamins, vitamin C, folic acid, beta carotene. Now, this one's important because it stimulates the brain and improves concentrations helps eliminate stress, fatigue, anxiety, and depression. That's nutmeg, people. Nutmeg. And it's that time of the season. We're coming into fall. This is nut, it's cinnamon and nutmeg season. <laughs> so let's remember this. Now we know why they put it around the holidays, because that can be stressful. <laughs> oh, Peppercorn, the black peppercorn, that stimulates the hydrochloric acid secretions in the stomach. And that's to really help improve that digestion that's taking place there, okay? It helps to remove toxins from the body. Poppy seed contains calcium, copper, phosphorus, manganese, which is all really good to help strengthen and protect bones, okay? Turmeric. Turmeric. That has huge healing. Uh, You can treat wounds, skin conditions. It's an antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal anti-aging effects and don't we all want that it neutralizes free radicals which can lead to wrinkles it improves liver detoxification and also supports the immune digestive and nervous system 
And if you pair that, we so we I paired that with cayenne because it kind of does an extra boost for it. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes it into a superpower, which is really important. Vanilla, of course, is our calming one. You know, when you use vanilla, you often see vanilla and lavender together. It's because that property together enhances that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, it also has the vitamin B, the vitamin Bs that are really important for maintaining and sustaining us. So it's kind of a lot of information, you know, but I tell people, take some time and do some research on it. You know, it's been important for us. We've been really pleased with uh, the results of the stuff that we've been doing. And even if we go in and, you know, if our doctor says, oh, well, this number's off, then we, we're we really good about saying, give us a minute, let us work on this. And oftentimes we'll go back in and they'll say, okay, everything's pretty leveled out here. Yeah. And it's simply due to the fact of, of our eating. The other thing I'm going to add into this is, you know, when we talk about weight loss, people will work out and work out and work out. And they might say, well, Jesus, why isn't anything happening? People with weight loss, that's such a small percentage in comparison to what we eat. What we eat is a higher percentage. It's like 80% of what we eat is going to contribute more to our weight loss than our workout. It is a combination that we have to do. And that's why the mindset has to be right. Yes. If the mindset is right and that plays into it, all the foods that you're taking in is having an impact on how your brain functions. It's going to have an overall impact in how your whole body functions, how you feel when you do the workout. You know, you want to have the energy to do it. So, I mean, you have to take all that into account. And one of the things we don't get enough of in our society is our proteins. Mm-hmm. Fast foods, all of those things that you eat quickly are usually higher in carbohydrates. Carbohydrates break down into a simple sugar. That's why diabetics can't have a lot of carbohydrates because it breaks down into the simple sugar, which, you know, the pancreas is part of the, the insulin thing. So then it's, it's counterproductive. People say, well, I'm eating really healthy. Well, it's what are you eating, though? It's processed foods are not our friends. Sorry for anybody who works in those industries, but they're not our friends because of the stuff they have to put in them in order to keep them the shelf life and all of that. They're made for convenience. Yes. And it doesn't mean you don't ever eat them. But what we're saying is finding that balance so that you can be the healthiest you that you can possibly be. Do we eat processed foods sometimes? Absolutely. Is it a lot? No. We try to limit it. We we do our best to limit that. Do we eat unhealthy foods? Yep. <laughs> because it's always a work in progress. That's why we always talk about everything being a practice. Practice every day because you're going to have those moments, you know, where that you have something that maybe you don't regularly have. And that's okay. It's the consistency that we have with trying to maintain those healthy habits that it builds over time and helps us in so many ways. Exactly. And I think that's the thing. The biggest thing is, I think, not only the practice, but realizing that any step we're taking, big or small, but those little baby steps eventually add up. And and right now I'm fighting an ear infection. And so I'm not able to do my workout, but I am able to get steps. So, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm anxiously waiting to be off the antibiotic for that, to do that. But instead of just sitting, saying, okay, nothing's going to happen I'm still doing something. So even those little baby steps that keep you with that forward motion, we're talking about the forward motion. 
That's what's super duper important is how do we do that forward motion? How do we keep doing even those little things? Because the little things eventually will add up to big things. Okay. Real quickly, the book that I used for the other was Medicinal Plants at Home. And the authors are, whoa, I'm going to let Christy do those names. <laughs> okay. So Maria Transito, uh, Lopez Lu Luenz. Luenzo and Carlotta Manez Ariso. We'll put these names on our, you know, when we do our hashtags, we'll do a hashtag out to these people. So if you want to uh, know those names and, and use these, they're, they're, they're really good. Uh, they're very easy to follow and stuff like that and uh, appreciate the, the books and stuff like that. But it's taking that time, educating ourselves and understanding little things that we do. Every little thing that we do, you know, increasing our water intake is a huge thing too. You know, and a lot of people, I don't like water. Well, some people add lemon to it and stuff like that. Just the little things that we do. It's the life fluid that we need. <laughs> <laughs> so doing the research though is really important and understanding, you know, a lot of holistic, you're not going to find it, the medical research in the same way. I know when I was looking up for essential oils and things like that. The interesting thing with essential oils and that is it's come through the experience of people using it throughout the years that they have found these benefits because you don't find a lot of, like I say, in medical terms, the benefits of like essential oils and that they're like, oh, it may work for that. It may not. Finding what works for you is important. And I think the other thing is, is you know, what, even when we were talking to Tammy, one of the things we talked about was, you know, adding the essential oils, like things like frankincense, which frankincense, her product that has the frankincense, I just love the smell of it, but she has one that she actually adds cinnamon to, because once again, she's adding those anti-inflammatories. So it's enhancing the CBD itself. So these combinations working together are really, really important. Look at the things that work for you. Find the things that work for you. Because at the end of the day, it's about what's making us more healthy, mentally, spiritually, physically, all of those things that are really important that make up the collective of who we are. And as we mentioned, still discussing it with your your medical provider because absolutely um, there can be medications that you can be on um, that will will not work that won't work with even all natural holistic things you still yes. need to find out that information before you try something and in. that's what i tell all of my clients that i work with you know talk with your doctors about it and a lot of the doctors you know i've had a few who have said you know that works perfect go on ahead and add that you know if they're treating blood pressure yeah, go on ahead and add the blueberries with the cinnamon, the and you know, the cayenne turmeric and all those things. And the things the doctor will say, yeah, that will work. You know, uh, it, it's not going to hurt anything. Right. Doing that consultation, I think, is really, really important. Increasing, you know, be active, whatever that activity is. You know, when I say that, people, it doesn't mean you have to go out and walk three miles. If you haven't walked at all and you walk 20 steps more, then you've done 20 steps more. Yeah. Set a new goal each time. You're, you're absolutely you're still having forward motion, but it doesn't have to be a grueling workout that you hate. It could be an activity that you find fun. There are some really great ones out there that you can Google. YouTube can be your friend on this. You know, if you just need a little, if you have five or 10 minutes, you say, oh, you know what? I have 10 minutes. Let's find a 10 minute workout that doesn't involve, you know, going to a gym or whatever. We created that here as much as we could because we have COVID and all that. So we have uh, our workout stuff here, 
But the thing is, is that do we still have room for improvement? Absolutely. Right. Do we keep modifying and changing up things? Yep. We talked a little bit about intermediate fasting and we're looking at that and uh, there's been a lot of research on it and why it's important and how it really helps to reset the gut and everything and and kind of gives your body a minute to not have to work so hard to get all the toxins out and stuff. So it's something we're looking at. We'll look at it and see. They talk about it, you know, with weight loss, things like that. So it's little things. You kind of try it out, like you said, practice. And and then you figure out, hmm, does this, what does this feel like for me? Does it feel too much like I'm working too much or thinking? Of, I have some of my clients who sit there and do their macros and all this and that and weigh this and that. And I'm there. And I told my client, I said, no, honey, that ain't for me. <laughs> right. I said, I won't do it. Sometimes I'm very limited on my time. So I want to find the things that I can implement very quickly. So this way I know I'm going to do them. That becomes a commitment that I can make. That's one of the reasons, like, even when I first started, you know, the whole working out program, the way that I had, I went and looked up, you know, a lot of the most effective things if I was targeting a certain area. I wanted to use the most effective moves that I could because I didn't want to spend forever just walking on a treadmill if, you know, there were things that I could do, you know, that would help out as well. Not that it doesn't help you to do that because you definitely need the cardio. But, you know, you look up what's the most effective things. And maybe if it's a time constraint or whatever, a lot of times online you can find a full body eight minute workout. Exactly. And what you're going to want to do, though, is you don't look at the first thing because you want to see, is that what you're seeing across the board? Are you seeing that? Oh, yeah, everybody's saying this exercise is good for this. If you have one person saying that and everybody else is saying something else. So it does take a little bit of time. But listen, I think this is really important. We deserve each of us to invest in ourselves. We have to make ourselves a priority in order for us to really be present in our jobs and particularly with our families and the people that we love and care about. When we don't take the time to take care of who we are, everything else is going to lack. It is not about being arrogant. It's not about being selfish. It's not about any of those things, vanity on and on, all those Negative words, we've already always heard about it. You're being selfish or whatever. It is not any of that. Taking, prioritizing who you are will only benefit everybody else around you. Yep. So we hope that some of the information today was uh, informative. We hope that anybody who takes that one extra step or whatever, good for you. And we really look forward to next week and... As always, if any feedback, you can always get back feedback to us on our Facebook and also through the email address, which is podcast dot two, the number two girls in a pod at hotmail.com. So everybody have a wonderful week. Be kind to each other. And as always, we are so extremely grateful to each and every one of our listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you.